The scripture reading is John 15, verses 9 through 17. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. Here ends the reading of John 15 verses nine through 17. The title of this sermon is Experiencing Complete Joy inspired from John 15, verses 9 to 17, with a focus on verse 11. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. I think it is important to look at the bigger context of this statement of Jesus to his disciples. In the previous chapter, Jesus has been talking about his death, and his disciples are troubled. So he said to them, do not let your hearts be troubled. Thomas would say to him, where are you going? And he replied that he was going to the Father. And then he started to talk about the, relation, the relationship between him and his Father. He reminds them of the Holy Spirit, who would come and be their comforter and their advocate. Jesus went on teaching about the vine and the branches, and he said to them, I am the vine, you are the branches. This image of the vine and the branches is very familiar and conveys the idea that we need to remain connected with God, connected with Jesus. He explained to his disciples to keep his commandments and to remain in his love. And this brings us to the core of a text this morning. This teaching where he says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. You know, there are various versions of this. In some of your Bible, in some of the version, it says that your joy may be full. I checked the French version and it says, que votre joie soit parfaite, meaning that your joy 
may be perfect. When something is perfect, it means there's nothing that could be added to it to make it better. So I think this is an important teaching, and I've been thinking about this for the last little while, especially about the events of the last months or so that we are all aware of in terms of COVID-19 pandemic. And then the protest in the US related to Black Lives Matters. On the other end, I've been looking at my own life I've been wondering and been asking myself questions. I found myself to be thinking a lot, wondering what is it really that God wants me to do? I've started to question everything that I do. And this passage has been sustaining me. And today, for the brief moment we are spending together on this topic, I would like to focus on three elements. The first one, joy as a theme in the Bible. Point number two, the source of a joy. And the third, the command to be joyful. The theme of joy is a central theme in the Bible. In fact, the words joy, rejoice, joyful, appear more than 400 times in the English Bible. And there's a little bit of a contrast to happy or happiness, which only appear approximately 10 times. Joy is lasting. It, satis it satisfies us. It fills us at a deeper level. The one thing I noticed as I was reading and studying this theme over the last little while is that fullness of joy is found only in the presence of the Lord. Very often when we think of a walk with God, we tend to connect it to a local church here at Weston. Anyway, for me, and this is very true. We are reminded to come together as a faith community, meet up with our brothers and sisters in Christ regularly to challenge and encourage each other in our walk, and praise and worship him together, and to celebrate the Lord's table together. The reality is that as Christians, we are called to experience God in everything we do, in complete obedience, that is, to live in his presence. To experience joy is to live our lives in God's presence. And we, if, if we want to see this, in the Bible, the Psalms are a good place to start. For instance, in Psalm 1611, it says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Here we can see that as we allow God to speak to us and guide us along the path of life, we will experience joy. In Psalm 30, 
the psalmist write, for his anger is but for a moment, and his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. And of course, in Psalm 122, David writes, I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. In Samuel, there's this description of David dancing before the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly garment. And it says, So David and all the people of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy and the blowing of ram's horns. The ark represents the presence of God and his love for his people brings joy. In the Old Testament, the Lord commands the Israelites to rejoice. He even established festivals, some of which lasted seven days to celebrate. But we can find the same attitude in the New Testament, where Paul recommends to believers, rejoice in the Lord always. I repeat, rejoice. And this brings me to the second point, the source of a joy. Just to remind you, the verse says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. I believe these three verses are very profound. They speak about this indescribable love relationship between the Father and Jesus. Jesus and us. It seems that he's, he's telling us is a secret. And he says in plain language, he's telling his disciples that he will take the joy that resides in him and places it in them and in us. The bottom line in this teaching is that true joy can only be found in Jesus. No matter what our pursuits are, we are being told that our joy would always be incomplete unless Jesus' joy becomes our joy. No wonder we feel often empty and discouraged and depressed as we look to our circumstances and events surrounding our lives. And again, facing the unknown of COVID-19, one can easily get discouraged, especially those who have lost loved ones or those who've lost their health over the last little while. If we allow events to, to define our lives, we would be on a roller coaster, up and down, because we know that our lives are made of happy and sad events. A little bit odd to make reference to the Christmas story in the middle of summer, in July and in August. But we need to recall how the angels describe the birth of Jesus. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. 
We see Jesus' own joy also when he makes himself the shepherd in the parable of the last of the lost sheep. What does he do when he finds his lost sheep? Truly, I say to you, he rejoices over it more than over the 99 that never went astray. When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Earlier in the same chapter, Jesus had been talking about him being the good shepherd, and he said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. I would argue that Jesus' joy is connected to the sinner, turning away from his path of sin and destruction in repentance and following him. And our joy is the same. In order for a joy to be complete, there is also the need for you and I to turn away from a sin and continually repent in obedience to Christ. We see the same image of the joy of Jesus in the parable of the prodigal son. Again, when, he's, when the son returns, there is great joy, great joy, great rejoicing, and he throws a party. To summarize the second point, we are told that our joy can only be complete if we allow Jesus' joy to become ours. This reminds us the tr about the truth about the Christian journey. God comes after us, he seeks us out like the lost sheep, and calls upon us to reconnect with him so that our lives can be full and complete and satisfied and full of joy. And this brings me to the third point, the rejoicing. Rejoice always, rejoicing in the Lord, is a command. Paul writes, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The passage begins with this command, Rejoice always. This continuous rejoicing can only happen if we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. One commentator states that joy is an inside job. We know that our hearts are clean, our salvation is secure because of Jesus Christ's redeeming sacrifice. Christian joy is not determined by circumstances or dampened 
by difficulties, a challenges. Our ability to rejoice always should not depend upon happy experiences. In the midst of sorrow, pain, suffering, and tragedies, we have joy. Julian of Norwich, who lived most of her life secluded, seeking God. She had an important question to ask, and it was a question that troubled her for a while. And this was the question that she asked. In my folly, before this time, I often wondered why, by the great foreseeing wisdom of God, the onset of sin was not prevented. For then I thought, all should have been well. But Jesus answered with these words and said, It was necessary that there should be sin, but all shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. So, we don't need to lose a joy in difficult circumstances because we have the hope of eternity. It writes, the Bible reminds us, so we do not lose heart. Though our outer shelf is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but to things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. We cannot manufacture joy. If we look around us, the events will rob us of our joy, the circumstances, our challenges, the issues we are facing, the news, will all rob us of our joy. We need to remember that joy is the result. It is mentioned as one of the fruit of the Spirit. It is the end result. Paul mentioned some of the fruits of the Spirit, like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, and many others. So joy is one of the fruits of the, or the results of having the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. What should I say as conclusion? Let us, during this time, fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We are reminded who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's also fix, continue to fix our eyes on Jesus, the source of our joy, in whom we live and move and have a being. Lots, if we look at the events around us, if we look at the challenges, if we look at difficulties, they will rob you and I of our joy. Keeping 
our eyes on Jesus means to remember his promises, not to let our hearts be troubled by anything, and to live in the wonder.